You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. Ten-five victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. Star. Welcome to the Love the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Bell, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan of Dallas. Joined as always by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan of Dallas. He is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And Brian, we had a, uh, a brief mini episode the other day, a brief reaction to uh, the Cowboys' 28-16 loss to the Arizona Cardinals. We're going to do a deeper dive now that we've both had a chance to look back at the game and and hear some of the rhetoric surrounding the game afterwards. Um, your your biggest takeaway, your your most important thought after watching the tape of what was a brutal game against the Arizona Cardinals. I think Mike McCarthy was worried about his offensive line with his game plan, probably initially in this game. I wonder if the second sack that Adoga and TJ Bass were involved with, it's called a sack, but you know the quarterback was trying to move. He, they tried to run a double move on the outside with, uh, with CeeDee Lamb. Marco Wilson doesn't bite. This was a weird game for Arizona. They acted like they played. They hadn't. They, they acted like they were all pros back there playing in the secondary. You know, it was crazy. And, like, the first two games, you felt like that you could take uh, advantage of what they were doing. But I worry about this game if, if in fact, play calling was affected by his thoughts on the offensive line. You watch the way that some of the ways that he – some of the plays he went to, he even talked about it in his, you know, his uh, press conference uh, at, the, uh, at the beginning of this week. Uh, that two things came from this uh, about getting young guys more reps. And I could get into that here in a little bit. And then the second thing is throwing the ball more on first and second down uh, once he got down the red zone. Now, I'll say this. There were, there were some things that Arizona did to you down in the red zone that was pretty clear, pretty evident, that there were some several times, Bobby, and I don't know if you saw as well as I did, there were times where it was the routes where it was three Cowboy receivers, four Arizona defenders. It always it, – it's they – the Cardinals did a great job, especially in the red zone, understanding what you were trying to do when it came to throwing the football. And they did a great job of covering the routes, playing the routes, being in position. You know, the Cowboys hit them on that little screen – 
uh, it was a touchdown. It was a really nice call, really nice design. But other than that. From, uh, Jaga- good job from Cooks blocking in front. Yeah, good job yeah. from Dowdle. Yeah, and also I think Ferguson was also involved in that play yeah. as well up front. They tried to run the one-man screen, which they did against uh, the Jets. Instead of the tight ends being downfield, they used receivers. You know, they tried to, you know, get some positive yards on that. The red zone stuff is a concern. And the red zone stuff's a concern because of – and I'm not asking Mike McCarthy to try and trick him when it comes to his red zone calls. We talk about creativity – but creativity has to have some success to it. And it has to be a well-thought-out way of success. And I mean that in a way that when you run C.D. Lamb on an option down there, then you have to be able to – you might fool one guy, but you're not going to fool two guys. You know, you yeah. might – and two guys unblocked, it's a negative play – there was an opportunity where Dak Prescott, there was a, a read option where if he pulls the ball from Pollard and he just runs off left edge down there, he either gets to the one or he actually scores. You know, there's it's the red zone stuff for the Cowboys. Last week it was a Tyron Smith miss block. It was a Tyron Smith holding penalty. You know, there were things that just – this week it was – you know, I just don't feel like that Dak Prescott – I'm sorry, I feel like I'm rambling around here. I'm really not trying to ramble. No, there's no, just no, so, you're good. There's so many things just popping in my head about watching this game and what – you say, well, what stood out? And it's hard because I didn't expect them to have this much trouble with. Now, I knew that defensively there were some things that Arizona could, was capable of. Arizona played a really well game I, I, on defense, I think. And they played really well on offense, too. But I think we're starting to learn there's some things that Dak Prescott will struggle with. And I'm not trying to bash Dak here. I'm just trying to say the balls that are like the fades, you know, the fade passes, you know, throw the ball up, let, you know, ball being short. You know, there's a couple of times there whether it was the one that went to Lamb late. You know, and you could say there was pass interference. We still haven't got an explanation why the flag was picked up on, on uh, Gallup. We still haven't got an explanation for that one. And, you know, well, maybe the league will say something, but they haven't as as we broadcast here today. Ball's got to be higher. Ball's got to be further out. Ball's got to be, you know, the pass that went to Cooks early in the game. You know, just nice job by Clark kind of forcing him out. But if you put the ball up maybe a little bit out front, you know, maybe, the, maybe you make the play there. There's some things that they've just fundamentally just really aren't good at right now. And, you know, the passing down there, the separation from the receivers, they it's not so much that you miss Ezekiel Elliott because you could get that, in my opinion, you could get that with Rico Dowdle if you want to run it that way. You could get that with Hunter Lipke. I think Hunter Lipke has shown me that he might not be the best blocker right now, but he's capable of being a tough runner. He's capable of catching the football. He's capable of uh, third and one getting nine yards in that situation. Yeah. He's capable of doing that. So these are all things that could be positives. But, you know, the the way that the the way that they executed, the way that Mike called some things, you can understand why they, they're having some of the issues that they're that they're having with the with the red zone um, efficiency. And in this game it was really, really evident. And and to be honest with you, Bobby, I think it cost them the game. I think their oh, yeah. red, their red zone efficient efficiency cost them a shot to to win this football game. They just weren't good enough, and if it continues to be like this, you know, then they're going to be in they're going to be in some trouble. They're going to be in some trouble. Yeah, I mean, look, you are six of fifteen in the red zone to this point, three for eleven in the last few weeks. And there's there's a troubling aspect to me about how they're they're specifically working the passing game in the red zone. Um, there's no separation know, when, at all down there. No, the route combinations. I, I Bobby and I talked a long time. I'm sorry, I'll let you talk. No, you're good. You're good. But, Go but ahead. when you watch, you know, in in Oxnard, we were all loving the fact that 
down there there were picks, there were rub routes. On the fourth down play that they they missed, the first one, they tried to do a rub and they couldn't get they couldn't mesh it. They couldn't, you know, and, and how many times have we watch teams in the NFL or in college football and they're running these picks and rubs and it just naturally looks Bump, 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 you know, and guys are, yeah. you know, free and it's an easy throw that Dak can make. You know, we just haven't seen that. We just we didn't see that at all in the in the Arizona game. There was nothing there was no, there was just that to me that one time where they got Cooks inside but they couldn't get the mesh to where it would give him any space down there. So yeah, That's, and, and it's look, an issue. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, no, you're 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 good. Look, there there, and we referenced this a little bit in our immediate reaction the other day. This seems missing Dalton Schultz in the red zone. It's um, it's evident. It really, really is. Yeah. No, or there, or there somebody was, that knows how to get open and get space down there. They're right. missing. They're missing this the element of somebody finding space in order for Dak Prescott to make a pretty simple throw. Here, this is this is what's troubling to me. We're three weeks in the season. I understand there were two blowouts involved, and whatever else you want to say, that's fine. Um, It's inexcusable to me that C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, and Michael Gallup combined have two fewer targets in the red zone than Jake Ferguson. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, It's inexcusable to me that Cooks, Gallup, and Lamb have zero catches in the red zone through three weeks. And you're talking about there have been 25 dropbacks in the red zone, no catches right. Right. for your three receivers. That's bad. Now, here, here's my question for you, specifically Lamb. Lamb is supposed to be your guy. That, that's supposed to be your number Lamb one had guy. Bo- Man, Lamb had bad body language in that game the other day. And, he, I, and, he, I, and, he, I, and I'm not trying to be a, a body language expert guy, but there was something not right with him in that football. He was football. frustrated. Yeah, I He think was very so. frustrated. I think so. Um and my thing is, when you have two targets, no catches for Lamb in the red zone in 25 dropbacks, is that more on who do you think needs to take the most ownership of that? Lamb, Prescott, or McCarthy? Mike does. Because as the play caller, him and Brian Schottenheimer are responsible for implementing the game plan, which is, okay, this is how we're going to get – targets or this is how we're going to get separation down there yeah I've been waiting for Brandon Cooks I know Brandon Cooks missed a game but I'm waiting I've been waiting for him to you know for them to get him going nice to see him get Gallup going but Gallup had a nice game kind of figured that Gallup against the secondary probably would have a pretty good game Gallup played well yeah he sure did but I, I man it just was a bad it was a bad vibe watching Lamb play, but to your question, if he had to power rank where the responsibility falls, McCarthy's one, receivers two, Prescott three. That's how I would power rank. Receivers have got to find a way to get separation down there, but there also could be what you just don't have a lot of area. I don't mean to be captain obvious down there, but that's you don't have you have to come up with ways of getting routes quick getting into how, routes quickly how much know? of that is mike in general then with this scheme that as the field tightens up these you're you're going to get naturally more congested areas for those quick hit three step drop throws and that there's got to be more creative design it feels like mike is running the same offense what, what, between the 20s as he's running in the red yeah zone. what See, the creativity to me is bunch, scatter, picks, drags, you know, I mean, lose guys in, you know, uh, the, the play that the play that Wilson for the uh for Arizona the 69-yard, they that play was set up. They felt like that they could probably lose him in a tight split and lose him up the field. They and lost they did. Everybody. They lost everybody, whether it was Lewis uh, you know, everybody's playing man, and Lewis passes off to and Hooker. I'm not sure about that. You know, I don't think anybody will tell you. Maybe they'll tell you on the golf course next summer what really happened there. But right yeah. now, they're not going to tell you. Um, but it, it, it's it's it is about it is about creating that that the, the whole thing going into the season, and it, it's week three. 
the whole thing going into the season was they are going to create space and separation for Dak Prescott. And the question was if the offense is going to have success, it was going to prop, not the question, but the the comment was if the offense was going to have success, it was going to, Dak Prescott was going to have to be accurate throwing the football. Because yeah. they were going to create. And the one thing is when Dak has had open receivers, we've seen him hit receivers on the run and stuff. The pass to, the pass to Michael Gallup on the slant, that went, you know, was just a, it was pretty. It was a pretty play. We've seen last week against the Jets uh, when CeeDee Lamb caught the ball, back shoulder, boom, kind of, you know, went up the field. That's the kind of things you need to see. But in the in the in the red zone, to your point, you wonder is okay, is the goal line package similar to what you see in the field? And and you bringing that up, I, I think, is a very, very valid point or a very valid question uh, when it's, you look at how the things go. It's interesting, too. Out of, out of every quarterback that started at least three games this season, so not including guys who have missed games, uh, Dak Prescott is last in the NFL in intended air yards per attempt by more than a full yard. He's at five and a half. The next closest is Josh Dobbs at 6.7. Um, that's three yards below his career average, four yards below his career high. Um, when you look at he threw 40 passes on Sunday, Brian, five of them went past 10 yards in the air. So we're, we're talking about everything underneath, everything quick. I think your quarterback is starting to feel handcuffed by this scheme. I, I think your quarterback feels like he can do more. Yeah, but... Man, I dear, I, was, and I, I, I don't say that as any sort of like. No, you're not. I know. I, I know. Think, I, think, I, know. I think just as a competitor, when you hear him talk after the game, it sounds like a guy who's like, I could be doing more to help this. Like, we don't have to. You do not have to treat me with kid gloves here. I think there's an overcorrection. This is the analogy I drew talking to somebody in the media today. They the interceptions last year were an unfortunate outlier. They started hydroplaning on the highway, and instead of just letting off the gas, McCarthy slammed on the brakes, overcorrected, and now they're in a tailspin. And I think the passing game, I understand some people are going to say that's an exaggeration, but efficiency-wise, the passing game is moving at at an unsustainable pace to keep up with big-time competitors. And so to me, I I think it's just what you're seeing right now is an overcorrection, and I don't know that they're going to change it up. I learned something today from Derek Eagleton, and I wish I completely wrote everything down that he said when we were on the uh, Cowboys break today. He was saying that the success last year of the deep passing game where Dak's ratings right and left were well over 100 on both sides this time last year. But, you know, we don't – we they've thrown the same amount of deep passes or deep routes – through the first three games, as we saw with the first three last year, and but what's different is there's been more of the behind the line, and then in that zero to nine range, you know. Yeah. And to your point, they're zero and two throwing the ball in the middle of the field between between the hashes, so. Where was Dak Prescott's issues last year? When it and not all of them were his issues. C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz, the interceptions where they happen in the middle of the field. Yeah. So we're not seeing it. You know, you you got the same number of shots going down the field. You just have more passes that are behind the line or in that zero to nine range than the intermediate passes that are 10 to, to 19. You know? Well, and it's, it's, it's interesting in terms of passes thrown. This is just from NFL game stats and information. Passes thrown short right, so that's under 15, That's under 16 yards. Passes thrown short right, the Cowboys are number one in the NFL in attempts, 53 of them. Passes thrown deep right. Yeah. So clearly they, they they like the throws to the right side there. Passes thrown deep right, they are third to last in the NFL with three. And it's that's anything yeah. over sixteen yards. And look, this is a we'll 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 dive in again some more here into some of the deep pass and stuff. It's a good time to remind you guys that this is the Love the Star podcast. You can uh, find the Love the Star podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Brian, when we look at the deep passing game, specifically in this game, I know that Mike McCarthy talked afterwards about too high shell and playing safety back. And I, 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 I had mentioned I, I thought the safeties were playing yeah, a little more than yeah. they had on tape. They yeah. were playing deeper. I specifically, Brian, I don't know if you remember it. I, I mentioned it before you got a chance to watch the tape. I don't know if you saw it. that yeah. second, the first play of the second drive, they wanted to go deep to Cooks. Yeah, I, I think he I, he wanted to go deep to Cooks in the safety role, and they they took it away. But on the first drive, you saw it went, oh, they can take a shot if they want. They tried coming out. It, it wasn't there. He had to check down underneath. But here's the thing is that when they wanted to take shots, they succeeded down the field. And so I felt like it didn't matter what scheme they were playing. I don't think you can throw your hands up and say, well, it is what it is. We're not going to be able to really – push anything down the field because of the scheme because I think you saw they had bad eye discipline. They were a secondary that had bad communication between the corners and the safeties. I think they were still vulnerable regardless of being prepared to play against it. And the Cowboys just didn't take advantage of it enough. What did you see on tape in terms of do you think the Cowboys could have effectively taken more shots down the field against Arizona than they did? Well, what I was worried about, Bobby, is when McCarthy in the Post game said, "Well, their coverage dictated that 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 we had to take some more underneath stuff." Yeah, and and then when you watch the tape, their safeties were playing a little bit dip, deeper. Their 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 safeties were playing. I mean, if you look if you look at and this is from Next Gen stats. Yeah, and I I don't know if this helps people or not, but they. Dak Prescott in this game, they they ran 81% zone against him in this game. Now, I saw times where safety was back. I mean, they would have one safety up, one safety back, and then they would rotate it. Or one would drive and one would drop, you know, and they they tried to kind of disguise some things. You know, against, against zone coverage, Dak was 22 of 32 for 192 yards. Okay. When they played man against him, which was right around 16% of the time, uh, 16.7 was the number. He was 3 of 7 for 57 yards. It was one touchdown, one interception is what he, is what he had. So, you know, I mean, to me, that's, that's kind of one of those things where, to me, when Dak is – you know, when Dak is playing against man, he's usually pretty good. It's yeah. usually pretty good. And, you know, it, it just 
it just wasn't what it, it it just wasn't what it needed to you know it just wasn't what it needed to be you know for from him because he usually he usually feasts when when people play man against him they're usually bringing pressure you yeah. know and but in this case you know it, it, that just wasn't that just wasn't the case at all i mean i, I if you want to do it and and i they break it down even further you know in the third quarter uh you know 60% Zone, thirty percent man. Okay, he was five of six against the zone, one and three against the man coverage. Get to the fourth quarter here. They played fifty-four percent zone against him. He was five of six. When they played man in the fourth, he was thirty-six percent. He was one of four. You know, and the and the, the one pass was a th- the thirty-two yard pass. That was was that to Lamb. That was uh, that was Lamb. Yeah. So you know he it's 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 kind of strange for him in this game because he like I said he usually tears man coverage up because that means they're blitzing and stuff like that. But you know, what's funny about this game, even with a compromised offensive line, you know how much did Arizona really blitz? They 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 were more they were more interested in playing Dak kind of, you know, playing Dak straight up because they probably feared that they were going to, uh, they were going to uh, have problems on the, on the outside, you know, with coverage. Yeah. And, and look, I think that my, my thing is Cottrell Clark is always in position and he doesn't finish plays. Yeah. Uh, Mark, Marco Wilson is a guy who, gambles and misses the communication of passing a safety or passing a guy off to a safety has not always been there for the Cardinals. So to me, it's, it's even when it looks like it's covered, I feel like if you take the shots, it's not always going to play out that way. Yeah. And that to me was the biggest thing was just take the shots, trust your quarterback. Take, well, see, that's what I'm saying. Stop stop handling your quarterback with kid gloves. Yeah. I don't, but I don't think McCarthy was, uh, I don't think McCarthy was confident in his offensive line. Now that's true. And look, I think it don't, I think that, I think that, I think I think that Mike McCarthy's game plan went out the window sun, uh, Saturday night, sitting in a hotel room in in Phoenix, Arizona. That's yeah. where I, I think his game plan really went out the window. Uh, Bobby, if I could just follow back up, man, we were talking about blitzing. Usually, when Dak has to face blitz again, here I'm playing with numbers. I don't mean to give people tired head, but no, it's no, good. It's good info. No blitz. No blitz. He saw that 78% of the time. He was 21 of 32 for 235. When he faced the blitz, it was 21.4. He was 4 of 8 for 14 yards. That That's, that's very unlike Dak right there. Yeah. Very unlike Dak. But it just goes to show you that Arizona was – they were terrified. They, they But it's funny with the compromised offensive line – McCarthy should have been more aggressive because it's showing that Arizona didn't blitz. You know, yeah. you're worried about compromised offensive line, young guys playing, blitz, 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 and the line not being able to handle it. Arizona's plan is like, no, we're not going to blitz in this game. We're going to make you, you know, but Dak was good enough against the no blitz. But to your point, does that mean did you take enough shots? I just – I. I promise you, and this is like the last thought I'll have about it, Mike McCarthy's game plan, I believe, changed, like I say, that Saturday night when they got to Arizona, when you guys got to Arizona, and he knew that Tyron Smith and uh, and Zach Martin and Tyler Biotish were not going to play. That's where I think that his game plan changed. And to your point, it might have uh, it might have hampered his thinking about Dak and you know Dak struggling with you know the this the way this offense is currently being run right now before we uh touch on some of the defense here uh as we wrap up uh before we get to the mailbag the wait, one last question on the the passing game yeah how deep into the season do we get before we just say this is the offense and that they're not going to take shots down the field because I felt like. Well, see, I worry. I, I, I worry. I worry. McCarthy's always going to use the excuse that coverage dictated we had to do this. 
that, you know, Ma- that, that, Max that protect people it. Max protect it and take it. Yeah. Spot. Well, no, but and you're absolutely right. But this this is the, my worry. And Aisha Morrison asked a really good question in the press conference about in the West Coast offense the vertical principles that you have, and she's absolutely right. You know, at some point in time, you can't sit there and just continually throw the ball underneath, underneath. You know, behind the line, zero to nine. You can't just constantly do that. You know, you're gonna. I mean, teams are. Yeah, they're gonna make you drive the ball. And then what happens when the Cowboys when they drive the ball? Holding motion. You know, something a, a drop, third down. I mean, there's something always when teams make you drive the ball like that. There's they're they're banking on something. You know, where are the explosive plays? Arizona won this game because of explosive plays. Dallas's inability on in the red zone killed them, but Arizona's ability to to occur or to get uh, explosive plays was really the difference in this game. It was completely the difference in this game. You yeah, know? And, and I mean, I, I just I don't know what is it going to take for the. You're right. Is that? Do you think it's just a built-in excuse for but him? I I I do. And and Mike Mike is. The problem that Mike's up against, there was an era where you could say, too high shell, single high, you know, we couldn't do what we needed to do. Now people break this down. (laughs) You know, in in media, you know, now we are able to get the all 22 and say, well, Mike, they really weren't in it. It it wasn't a lot of cover two in this game. There was was some single high stuff, but, you know, how could you not win on the outside? I'm watching the Arizona games, the first two games. And I'm watching Jalen Hyatt just run right through the Arizona defense and make a no huge problem. play with no problem. And I'm thinking, and and we've seen the Giants how an ep they are on offense. You know, we look just as an ep on offense as the Giants did against us. And I say us being the Cowboys. You know, they just, it just wasn't. Now running the football was fine, but you never could get in a lead where you could just run the ball and be fine. But I, I worry that Mike McCarthy is always his excuse is going to be, well, coverage dictated it today. Coverage dictated it today. You know, he'd stand up there and tell us, well, two, two, two high, uh, two high guys playing, single high guy playing. You know, but Mike, I, hey, we watched the tape, sir. You know, we're going to see. You know, he he t- he told us what the offense was going to be when he was yeah. at combine. Uh, I'll read the quote again. I don't care how much he he says. Yeah, I think it was a little taken out of context. This is the, the this is what he said. I've been where Kellen's been. Kellen wants to light the scoreboard up. I want to run the damn ball so I can rest my defense. I think when you're a coordinator, you know, but you're in charge of the offense. Being a head coach and being a play caller, you're a little more in tune. I don't desire to be the number one offense in the league. I want to be the number one team in the league with the number of wins in the championship. And if we got to give up some production and take care of the ball better to get that, then that's what we'll do. This is the offense to me. And I think it doesn't matter what the game – I don't think it matters who's out, who you're up against. This is what they're going to run. And if this is what they're going to run, they are going to have the same ending that they've had for 27 years. Yeah. Yeah, It's really funny on next gen stats. You know, we were talking about the Malik Hooker and uh, Jordan Lewis play. They, they, when you, when you start to talk about coverage by the nearest defender, they put the 69 yard pass on Malik Hooker. That's not nice. I know. But I, (laughs) but, but it's by the Cowboys nearest defender. So if you look in the game, like Deron Bland, two targets, two receptions, 26-yard, quarterback rating of a 118. Gilmore, four targets, two receptions, 25 yards, a touchdown, 109 rating. You know, Curse, Curse was four for four on targets and receptions in let's, this game. Uh, let, let, let's break down the defense a little bit just here before we go to the mailbag. Sure. What happened with the run defense? Was this a, a, a case of bad run fits, bad reads? I'll tell you the guy that I thought had a really bad day, and, and I mentioned this in the instant reaction. The guy I – there were a lot of guys that had bad days, but the guy that stood out to me that I consistently was like, why are you not in position was Marquis Bell. I thought I thought Marquis Bell had a rough day. I think Marquis Bell got caught. There was one time on the, on the long run by Rondell – uh, more, they, the defensive line. It was Golston, and it was Golston and Hankins were playing the one and the three, the inside techniques, and right before this, I mean, they're literally standing up and then moving to their right in order to kind of like, okay, we need to shift, 
as they're moving, standing there, getting ready, the ball snapped. And now all of a sudden blockers are on them. You know, we, we talked about the pin and pulls and stuff like that. All of a sudden the ball's being handed off blockers. And Will Hernandez is on Bell like like Bell is like trying to move and Hernandez the guard is on him. And they they've got they've got Sam Williams is wide. He's up Sam the field. Sam Williams got way upfield. Way upfield up wide. Had a clean run on Bell. Yeah, and Bell and Bell could not Bell could not get off the block. I mean, he he was he was absolutely plastered on that particular play. So he he really didn't have the opportunity to make anything anything happen there. Uh, you know, it was very it was very very difficult for him to uh, to to get off the block. So uh, that that was a problem. And that, that was I I just think overall the linebackers. When you look at when you when you Parsons, look, Parsons was not great in run support in this game. No, no, uh, uh-uh. Parsons, Parsons looked a little confused at times. Well, I mean, there were times when, like on a third down play, he's looking inside. You could tell he's trying to yell at Vanderesh, but he gets a rush, and it ends up being a you know, uh, uh, Dobbs drops back, it hits uh, somebody on you know, hits I forgot who he hit. But he he gets a first down, you know, and and but you got Micah Parsons like palms up, like okay, what do we what do we got going here, bro? What do we? Vander you know? Esch was trying, yeah, he was looking at Vander Esch. And and there a was a there was times. there was a lot of communication, a lot of communication problems uh, in this in this football game. Does that and, fall on players or Quinn? I I think to me, you know, with the one thing that Vander Esch is generally pretty good at is communicating with everybody, and I. I wonder if it's a situation where calls got in late and now Vander but you know with the head the head thing the the communication you know it it should flow pretty well but they 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 were they were a little bit of uh they were a little bit on the run uh the Arizona Cardinals had them on their heels the way that they they played that football game uh last week it, it you know just like I say the 40 they you know, the, we we talked about this. Arizona is going to formation you. They're going to scheme you. They're going to move guys. They're going to put runner. They're going to put wide receivers in the backfield. We we, we talked about all these things. Yeah. We talked about all these things for the first half of that football game. The Cowboys on defense weren't ready to play. They just nope. weren't. You know, second half they they kind of got everything together until Tightened the sixty nine until the sixty nine yard pass. You know, Arizona Wait. they. Arizona, they they dialed up a nice play. They they schemed it. They got it open. They put the safety in a bad spot. And they put the you know they put Jordan Lewis in a bad spot. You know, we we get asked about it quite a bit. So I always like to do a a, a recap whenever you've gotten a chance to watch the film. Uh, obviously, didn't play a ton, but uh, how was how did you feel like Mozzie Smith played in this? Yeah, game? Mozzie, you know, it's 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 really. You know, he got the opportunity. There were eight run snaps that he got, and he had a tackle on one on. So, so in the total, the total number of plays that he played, uh, there were eight where he, you know, that's that's really his area of of what he needs to do. So he's it, he's inconsistent to me, but I think he's flashing. Yeah, but the thing about it was. He was much better in this game, and he's gotten better. This I'm not saying this to blow smoke up people's butts about it, but the thing that he was better in this game was was getting off the football. Better, he's getting better at that. You know, he's yeah. kind of understanding that he can't be the last guy off the ball. He's got to be the first or the second guy off the ball, especially with his nose right there on the ball. You know, he's got to get up the field. But they did not play him a lot of snaps. But the eight. Running snaps that he faced, he he did have a tackle. He had a tackle. Yeah, and, and and I think if it was on that play, I can't remember if he got the tackle or. But there was one I remember he penetrated, blew the play up. There right. was a. I don't know if he got the tackle on that one or if he just yeah. blow it up. But I I, th- I think he's getting. Be- I feel better about Mozzie right now than than I have about some. Whenever somebody throws out the Taco Charlton or the Tristan Hill name. I feel better about Mozzie right now, three weeks in, than I felt about those guys. Well, even by the end of their rookie season, this is this is maybe and maybe this is a little misleading, but if you look at the number, and this is what's alarming about the way the Cowboys played the other day, Bob. And again, I'm 
I'm just having fun with next gen stats. I've just gotten to be a, a member of this, and it's incredible. I'm not a nerdy number guy, but okay. Hankins was on the field for 20 run snaps, four tackles. Average yards per play on the run snaps were seven and a half yards. Oso Digizawa, 6.7 when he was on the field yards per snap. This is this is these are about to be some really bad numbers. Dorrance yeah. Armstrong, 7.5. Demarcus Lawrence, 5.8. Chauncey Golston, 7.5. Neville Gallimore, 7.6. Mozzie Smith, 7.1. Dante Fowler, 8.2. Sam Williams, 16. You know? Sam Williams was on the field for three run snaps. I wonder if it was after the touchdown they said, listen, we can't do this anymore. You know? Wow. But but those, those, those were the yards. Those were yards per play in the running game uh when when that was when that was going on it, you know there was no but the only one that had a below below 6 on the yards per play or yards per run rush was tank everybody else was 75 76 71 or 82 or 16 that's just a bad day at the office right there you know, that's a really bad day at the office. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag. A lot of sad questions still, <laughs> uh, even a few days later. And and we'll get into Patriots preview uh, the rest of this week. But we we still need to do an autopsy here, even though we had the instant reaction after the game. First question here from Mike Hill. What can be done to improve the run defense? Should they tr- uh, play more base on early downs or load up the box with Wilson and Curse? What are your thoughts there, Brian? Well, the thing, the biggest problem that I saw was on their run fits, they have enough bodies, but the problem is if you are responsible for a gap and you overrun that gap trying to get to the ball, if you're Donovan Wilson or Curse or Vanderesh, these guys that, you know, are kind of a cleanup guys, the finish up guys. If you overrun your gap when the ball snapped, yeah, and you're out of position, there were a couple times they cut the ball back really nicely because you were so adamant, so anxious to get, you know, front side instead of playing your scheme position. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I know all of Dan Quinn's scheme fits and stuff. But I do know that if you have three guys on one side of the ball all there and the ball cuts back and it's in the it's it's you know, it you know, there's three guys standing in the the A B gap right next to the center, right next between the guard and the tackle. If there are three guys there and there's not somebody on the other side of the center and the backside A and they cut the ball back, that's a problem. That is a problem. So to me, they have got to. They have got to be better on their run fits and like the 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 run that Dobbs had. I mean, they Parsons gets caught in no man's land. He he's usually Parsons like when Dobbs pulled. Uh, usually Parsons is kind of like that guy. If he's on top of you, he is going to. He got caught once again, quarterback. Or running back. He got caught in between no man's land. Okay, now Dobbs pulls and he's running. On the outside, you got everybody trying to chase down inside. Everybody's going down inside. But you got you got Wilson and Curse on the outside. And the two tight ends, Jeff Swain and Zach Ertz, are out there blocking. But what happens is, yeah, hook them. But what <laughs> happens is, what happens is, Wilson goes so far inside so fast that the instead of like the two tight ends blocking on each of the safeties, they just double curse. They just yeah. double curse. And then they come off because Wilson's trying to react back to the outside and and they just, boop, they bounce off each other. And then next thing you know, tight ends on curse, tight ends on Wilson and ball is now spilling to the, to the sidelines. 
you know, you, you've got to play your scheme. You've got to do your responsibility. This isn't a time for hero ball. And I'm sure Dan Quinn said that all week. Yeah, I hope okay, I answered I the question. I don't know. I just know watching the tape, the second half, their run fits were much better. They were yeah. – it was more in line to how they needed to play. Yeah, I, look, I think that – look, they were they, – they looked a little unprepared, uh, you know, in the first How could half you be unprepared? Game. I mean – you and I are watching the tape leading up to the you know, game. You know, you know what I and think, we're talking. Honestly, we're talking about. We're talking about RPOs, and it's their. And I, I mean, I remember I said it on so many platforms. It was RPOs, and it's one of their best plays. And you got to be ready for it. And you got to be ready for them trying to make Micah Parsons freeze. And you know, how could you not be ready for that? That that's that's my question. I, How I, could you I, not be ready for that? I, I'll say this: I I'm just a slapdick scout sitting here, you know, doing radio with you. you were know, they emotionally? If, were they emotionally unprepared? Is my thing? Is that I? And I hate to give excuses like this. I think that Trayvon Diggs injury devastated that defense this week. I, I think they were distracted a little bit. I think they I think they saw an zero and two football team overlooked that, them, and they got beat by the Giants and gave up points and all that. Yeah, I do. At least for a half. Yeah. Defensively for a half, yes. Got punched then, in the mouth a little bit. And then and then you had the the big time breakdown. The sixty nine yard pass was a backbreaker. That was a backbreaker play because you're playing pretty well at that point. Yeah. But it was you know, the the whole thing, forty four yard run, forty five yard run, twenty yards run, uh sixty nine yard how many explosives did they give up in this game? Yeah, the three longest plays in the game were all the Cardinals. And so that that tells you right there. Uh, question here from John. The one position either of you would trade for at the deadline, offensive line, cornerback, or tight end slash wide receiver? I personally would uh, love some offensive line depth. I don't know how many teams are going to be willing to trade that to you, though. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that they didn't, and you're right about that, I'm surprised that they went with a Doga at left tackle. I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised. E- even, because, even with uh, because Tyler Adoga, Smith not playing it during the week. Yes. Because what happened last year when Tyler Smith was a rookie? Guard, guard, guard. Oh, wait. You know, Ty, uh, Tyron Smith rips his hamstring? Okay. Hey, rookie guy, go play left tackle at a, almost a Pro Bowl level. You know, all rookie team level, you know, to me, the one thing that Toga showed me was, hey, he's a capable guard. He's capable of that. I mean, that's a that's a comfortable that's a comfortable spot for him. You know, and Tyler Smith's a young guy playing tackle. You know what? You you, you switched him around. If you were worried about messing him up, you're past that. You, you could if he survived last year the way he did, thinking he was a guard all year, and the next thing you know, he's playing left tackle, lining up opening day on a 13 win football team. Come on, come on, man. Seriously, yeah. I, I, I mean, to me, uh, uh, Tyler Smith, Adoga, Hoffman wasn't terrible. Hoffman. Hoffman was pretty good, I thought, pass protected. It, it, like, yes. Like, I mean, and, and look, and they the, ran all, the ball. You, they ran the if, ball. If That's, you want some positive, if you want some positive, I, I don't know about you, Brian. I haven't heard a chance. I haven't had a chance to hear you break him down specifically yet, so I don't know how you felt about it. I thought Tyler Smith was great on yes. Sunday. I, yes. I, I thought I thought that that was one of the most encouraging things I saw. Was yeah. Tyler Smith looks like he's ready to take another step up this season. Yes, you know th- these. These offensive linemen, you're going to have to play 65 plays. Grade them all 65 plays. There's going to be two or three plays where they're a bag of ass. You know, there's going to be those two or three plays where you're like, oh, geez. But what you don't want to have happen is uh, is uh, Chaz Green. You don't want a Chaz yeah. Green situation. You know, but to me, I <laughs> that's why I'm here talking with you, Bobby. That's why we have an award-winning podcast because – we're sitting here trying to hash things out, and they're a lot smarter than we are. You know, they're a lot smarter than we are. Last time I sat in that chair was 2005. Trust me, if I was on this team now, I would have said, "Why don't we just kick? Why don't we kick Tyler Smith outside, man? We did it last year. Well, we don't want to mess up his. You know, he'd been working all week at guard. 
Hell, guys, he worked all year at guard until Tyron Smith got hurt and we kicked him to left tackle. How did he play then? Let's yeah. think about this. Let's think about what 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 could what what's our best five and where do our best five play? Adoga got my respect. Adoga got my respect. And the fact he battled, that it, he battled that he's just not he's not gonna be good enough consistently. He's not he's not gonna be consistent enough. That's a but he could be consistent inside when it's a small area and he doesn't have to cover a lot of ground. I'm I'm sorry. I, I just uh, I'll get off my high horse for sure. No, no, no. I, I, I think it's 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 a fair question to ask. And look, I think that they they need to I, I think they will if they had a full week to prepare for them thinking Tyron was out, I think Tyler would have played. But honestly, I would have put him out there even without the snaps this week because he did it last year. I that, he's proven he could do it. That that's yeah. the thing that bothers me. Yeah. 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 That does it for us here on the Love the Star podcast. Two we questions. Ezekiel, we we ran out of time, man. I'm looking at the look at that. We're 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 going, oh. man. <laughs> so, I, I'm sorry, does. folks. If you've asked me questions on Twitter, I'll try and get to them. We, Trust we, we me, will I do. Will. Yeah. We will do one of these uh, full mailbag episodes here soon uh, to to knock that out. Uh, but man, this is uh, this is a big week. Ezekiel Elliott returns to AT and T Stadium. Played a good game last week against the Jets, actually. Uh, Eighty yards. Uh, I'm about to watch him. About to watch the. Uh, about to watch the Patriots. Here. I'm looking forward. 80 to yards on 16 carries, and and look, oh, we'll have uh, we'll have Patriots evaluation for you later this week. I got to watch uh, Zach Wilson tonight. Oh my gosh, what am I doing? Oh uh, yeah. Well, I mean, don't look at it that way. <laughs> look at it as uh, you get to watch uh, the Eagles. Uh, I get to watch the Eagles. I get to watch the Eagles play too. I that's, get to watch the Eagles versus New England. Oh, okay. That's what you get. Well, this there will be go. good. We'll, we'll have a Patriots review for you later this week and uh, keep sending us the questions. We do appreciate you guys yeah. so much. And uh, this is the, we're already, we still got several days left in the month, Brian. This is the number one month for podcast downloads in the history of Love of the Star already. Thank you guys so, so much. Thank, thank you, you Thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you guys. You're the absolute best. We love you all. If I could buy y'all a beer, I'd buy y'all a beer. And one of these days, we're going to hold Brian to that. We're going to make him buy a, a beer for all two million of you that have listened over uh, the course of the show. <laughs> I might, yeah, it might, it might come to that. It might really come to that. But thank what, you guys. What, what we love you. Appreciate you. Absolutely. For Brian Broadus, I'm Bobby Belt. We will talk to you guys again next time. <laughs>